Okay, Justin. So you're a, you're seeing a 72-year-old lady who's been sent to ED from ambulatory care. She gives a history of worsening breathlessness and, and worsening leg swelling over the last four days. And she's now only able to walk a few steps before she comes very short of breath. She denies any chest pain and she has a respiratory rate of 24 breaths per minute and saturating 92% on room air. Her heart rate is 97, her blood pressure is 156 over 91, and she's afebrile. At ECG, she has sinus rhythm with a normal PR interval and a QRS of 116 milliseconds and anterior QAs with no ST second changes. What are the differentials that you're thinking about at this point? Okay, so um, we've got a 72-year-old lady here. We're not given too much in the way of past medical history or, or drug history, but we do know that she has shortness of breath on exertion increasing with some associated leg swelling. And she's a bit tachypnic and she's a bit hypoxic. So uh, in the, as well as uh, an ECG, which suggests she might have had previous ischemia. So I think... Ultimately, my, my top differential here would be one of uh, decompensated heart failure. But obviously, I want to keep my options broad uh, and make sure that I'm ruling out any other sort of important causes of shortness of breath as well. Um, <clears throat> and broadly, they can be split into uh, cardiac causes. So I'm thinking about any um, arrhythmias, such as atrial fibrillation, any ischemic causes, such as ACS, and any structural causes, such as valvular heart disease. Uh, and other things to think about are respiratory causes of shortness of breath as well. And this can be split into thrombotic, such as uh, a pulmonary embolism um, or other infective causes, such as a low respiratory tract infection from a cap uh, or um, airway problems such as asthma or COPD or malignancy. Um, great. So... Thinking through uh, that, so how would you, how would you, how would you approach your assessment uh, and start managing this patient? Yep, I think so. Uh, definitely, right off from the start, uh, I'd want to see whether or not this lady's got any past medical history, and this is going to be something that we obtain collaterally from the ED um, or from the ambulatory care or from her past sort of clinical records, uh, whether or not she's had previous echoes. Uh, and what, what medication she's on. Also, if we're thinking about heart failure, whether or not she's had previous weights uh, on the system as well, um, which might help our approach as, as, as we go to see her, uh, even before seeing her. So approaching the bedside, I uh, want a full set of vitals done on her, and I'll just be eyeballing her from the end of the bed just to see what her respiratory effort is like, whether or not she's using any accessory muscles, such as her SCM or diaphragm, uh, or whether or not she's in any respiratory distress. Um, I would then proceed to do a structured A to E assessment um, and uh, assessing her airway, speaking to her, making sure she can complete full sentences, assessing her trachea, whether or not there's any audible wheeze, um, or, uh, and moving on to B. Uh, once it, that's, I'm satisfied with, with the management of her airway, I would want a full set of observations looking at her saturations and her respiratory rate. Um, and, and I would then move on to inspect, have a look, see if she's in any respiratory distress at that point in time, uh, and then examine her. So uh, um, feeling for chest expansion, uh, listening into her chest, making seeing whether or not she's got any crackles. Um, if so, where are they, whether it's unilateral or bilateral, um, and listening out for wheeze as well. Um, at this point, I'd 
want to get a chest x-ray for her as well. If she's on quite a bit of oxygen, well, I should mention that if she's hypoxic, I'd want her on some oxygen, uh, knowing whether or not she's had a previous, if she's known to, to have COPD, I'd want a blood gas on top of that, just so we know how we're titrating our oxygen. Um, and if she is on quite a lot of oxygen, I'd want a portable chest x-ray as well. Um, moving on to C, I'd want to get her blood pressure and her heart rate just right off the bat. Uh, I'd want to assess her peripheries to make sure she's hemodynamically stable, looking at cap refill and peripheral perfusion. Um, I'd want to do a comprehensive volume assessment looking at peripheral edema, uh, JVP and mucous membranes and skin turgidity. I'd also want to listen into her heart sounds uh, to check for any uh, valvular heart disease uh, or any S3 uh, sounds, which might suggest heart failure. And I'd want an ECG for her as well. Um, swiftly moving on to D, I would want uh, to just assess the neuro, uh, neuro overall neurological status, whether or not she's uh, conscious uh, or confused. Uh, I would want to get a quick blood blood glucose as well, just to complete my D assessment. And then move on to E, checking again for any calf swelling, uh, uh, looking around the bedside, um, palpating her abdomen as well to make sure it's soft and non-tender. Okay, very good. Um, you've mentioned most of the investigations uh, that you might want to uh, want to order for this patient already. Are there any other investigations um, that you might request? So I definitely want um, IV access in this patient and getting some bloods off at the same time. So I'd want a full blood count um, to check for any signs of anemia or any signs of infection. I'd want her use and ease. Um, obviously it's important for when if we're going to sort of give her lots of diuresis for heart failure. I'd want to look at her LFTs as well, um, as uh, that might show some signs of congestion if there is evidence of right heart failure. Uh, and a CRP as well, just to look at infection, but also thinking about a BMP, which might be helpful either diagnostically or prognostically uh, for, for this for this lady. Um, I've mentioned a chest X-ray, um, and that's to look for any signs of cardiomegaly or fluid overload. Um, uh, uh, the, these are the, the uh, uh, these are the investigations that, that I would start off with in this patient. Great. Um, so I'm just going to show you one of the investigations that you asked for. So it's, uh, if you can see this chest x-ray on your screen. Mm -hmm. You talk me through what this chest x-ray shows and then how you how you manage this patient and how you monitor their response. Okay, um, so the trachea central, uh, the lung fields, um, it looks like she's got... Um, uh, bilateral bihilar interstitial sort of thickening, which might, which might suggest a backswing to appearance of pulmonary edema. Uh, she's got cardiomegaly as well. And then in terms of um, treatment and how you might monitor their response? Um, so I'd want to position the patient sitting at a 45 degree um, angle, so sitting sort of fairly upright. Um, I'd want uh, to weigh the patient, ask for strict input and output monitoring, and put her on a 1.5 litre fluid restriction, uh, daily monitoring of her use and ease, and I would want to start um, some IV diuresis. Uh, yeah, that, that, the, the amount of diuresis would be guided based on whether or not they're already on sort of uh, 
any current diuresis and whether or not that, that needs to be increased. Good. Um, so the patient is bound to have, um, later on through their stay in hospital now, they're bound to have a reduced ejection fraction. Um, what, in thinking about as the patient approaches discharge and after discharge, what patients, uh, what medications might you want to ensure the patient's on and how would you do this? Um, so definitely for a patient with heart failure, reduced ejection fraction, there are a couple of prognostic medications that we can initiate um, for the patient if they are to tolerating them. So um, uh, to begin with, uh, uh, ACE inhibitors, beta blockers, um, um, mirilinocorticoid receptor antagonists, uh, and uh, SGLT2 inhibitors are, are the other medications that I'd want to be thinking about initiating before, before discharge. And any particular things that you pay, pay attention to as you're as you're initiating them and as as you continue to try to treat them? Yeah, yeah. So definitely using these, I'd want to keep a close eye on to make sure um, they don't go into AKI. Uh, I'd want also want to keep a close eye on her potassium, on the latest potassium as well, uh, just make sure they don't go hyperkalemic. Um, and with SGLT two inhibitors, just making sure they they've not got any urinary tract infections uh, or any fun, you know fungal sort of gen genital urinary infections very good um so finally uh you're meeting your sho colleague uh who's on call overnight going back to when this patient first came in for their uh their hypoxic with a chest x-ray showing pulmonary edema as you uh, as you described so could you hand this patient over to your colleague overnight please yep Certainly. So this is a 72-year-old lady who has been admitted to A&E with decompensation of her heart failure. She describes a four-day history of worsening shortness of breath and swelling. Uh, and on my assessment, she was found to be uh, tachypnic, uh, hypoxic, uh, and fluid, clinically fluid overload. Um, she's had a chest x-ray which showed bihylar shadowing consistent with pulmonary edema. Uh, she was started on oxygen, given IV diuresis, uh, and is on a fluid restriction uh, and input-output monitoring. Um, I would just want to, uh, for the patient to be reviewed overnight, to, to it, we're aiming for sort of 0 0.5 to, to one liters of, of fluid diuresis. Um, if you could monitor her fluid state, do, do a fluid status assessment uh, during the night, just to see if she's responding to diuresis. Fantastic, thanks very much. Thank you.